Welcome to 5-Minute Finance, a podcast that explores topics that are impacting your money. Join us as we discuss what is moving the economy, markets, stocks, and personal finance. This podcast is for entertainment and informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Before acting on any financial advice, you should consult a financial professional who can review your specific financial situation. Any opinions expressed by the hosts or guests are their own and do not reflect the opinion of LVM Capital Management. Clients or employees of LVM Capital Management may maintain positions in the securities discussed in the podcast. Welcome to 5-Minute Finance. Tyler and Jordan here today, wishing you guys a happy new year. We're going to talk about the growth factor, which is the third part of our fundamental factors for investing series we've been doing. This follows up well to the value factor podcast we did a few weeks back, which brings up a good point. Growth versus value. Are the Detroit Lions a growth or value? Great question. I always thought, you know, in my mind, it's a value team, right? We're hoping they appreciate uh, into a growth story, but I guess that's yet to be seen. Yeah. Well, we're, we're still alive. We got to go to uh, Lambeau on Sunday and hopefully pull out a win to get in. Go Lions. So taking a look at the growth factor, the growth factor is a style of investing that focuses on companies that have an above average rate of revenue or earnings growth. It's usually contrasted with value investing, as we kind of mentioned to start, with value and growth investors often kind of butting heads on which which factor or which style of investing is better. But as Craig mentioned, if you if you recall back to our last podcast, I think this is a really good quote: uh, "Value and growth are two sides of the same coin. A stock is not a good value if there is not some underlying growth, and a growth stock is not a good investment." if you pay too high of a price, which certainly has been coming into light here as of the last uh, year or so. And, and typically when we talk about a growth company, it's by and large a, a younger company, you know, potentially with a shorter track record and potentially newer untapped economic markets. And they might also include investments or companies with new technologies or services. There are a couple ETFs out there that try to capture this growth factor. Vanguard and the, uh, the Russell are two of them. Tal, you want to talk about uh, how they screen? Yeah. So when you're looking at the Vanguard Growth ETF, they classify growth by the following factors. You're looking at future long-term earnings per share growth. So there's kind of some estimation there. Future short-term earnings per share growth. And then it also looks backwards, three-year uh, historical growth uh, on the revenue side and three-year historical earnings per share growth. They also throw in current investment to asset ratio and return on assets as a factor for growth. When you look at the Russell 1000, which is the second largest growth ETF, and they they actually place a higher weight in the index to companies with higher forecasted two-year earnings growth, and then they also have a prior five-year sales growth. Those are the two things that they're adding in their index. A lot of these companies you hear us talk about, certainly in meetings and in our writing uh, about dividend growth strategies. And a lot of times these quote unquote growth companies, historically at least, have not paid a dividend. They reinvest profits back into the business, hopefully growing at a faster rate. Google comes to mind, right? Generates a lot of cash, but they also use a lot of cash internally versus, let's say, a General Mills, you know, a kind of a legacy company, Consumer Staples, who pays out more of a percentage of those profits as a dividend. So Tyler, thinking you know internally here when we're doing our work, 
I know the answer to this, but how do we screen on uh, our growth characteristics when we're evaluating a company say, you know, that does or does not pay a dividend? Um, what factors are we looking at here? Yeah. So in terms of the components for our scoring model, we rank and score based on five-year sales growth prior and then prior five years earnings growth, as well as five-year dividend growth. And then we're also looking out for the next two years, uh, what the revenue growth is for the next fiscal year for each of the companies and then the fiscal year two years out. So that's what we're scoring on. Obviously, the higher the growth in each of those categories, the better it will score in our scoring model. When we look at that universe, when we're running these screens, we kind of just boiled it down to the Russell 1000 here. But of those factors and those characteristics we're looking at, this is the numbers based on the Russell 1000. The five-year sales growth for the Russell 1000 totaled 9.7% annually for the last five years, and then 14.9% for the five-year earnings growth. We also throw in a dividend growth in this scenario as well, where you have dividends that have actually grown by 8.6% over the last five years. And then looking out for the next fiscal year, revenue growth is expected to grow by 8.6%. And then fiscal year two, revenues are expected to grow by 5%. I will caveat that with these numbers were pulled towards the end of November, and some of those estimates are starting to come down. But either way, that's the growth piece of the style of, of investing that we're looking at, some of the investment factors. And overall, those are some pretty solid earnings and sales growth that we've had historically. Yeah. And uh, hopefully we can continue to get some of that, even though we're coming up to a slower economic period. Could be. You alluded to this at the beginning, and one of the acronyms that we use every once in a while is GARP, right? Growth at a reasonable price. And talking about not overpaying for this level of growth and you know, leading into one of our upcoming podcasts on momentum, momentum and growth have really faltered this year, or really since we ran these numbers back in November, Federal Reserve increasing interest rates, maybe putting a bit of pressure on these growth rates. I don't know if you see anything else that's kind of hurt you know, the growth or momentum strategy. Yeah. I think maybe going back to your growth at a reasonable price acronym there, what, what does that mean? So how much are we paying for the growth? And so one of the most common in the investment industry is a price to earnings relative to growth as a peg ratio. And Ideally, what you're getting is you're getting more growth for whatever you're paying for every dollar of valuation that you're paying for it, for every dollar of earnings, or your price to earnings valuation is lower relative to growth. At the end of the day, you want a lower PE to growth ratio. Those companies typically would fall in that category of being at growth at a reasonable price. And I know we just looked at this this morning. Sahana sent over some research for us. We reviewed all of the companies in our model and looking at what their earnings growth was for the first quarter coming up here, because their current expectations for earnings are actually to decline in the first quarter of next year, as well as we kind of related that their current PE on those companies relative to the earnings growth for the entire year, not just that one quarter. But that's where we're trying to find if there's any values out there, right? Can we find a company that has a lower PE ratio with higher growth? So kind of, as Craig mentioned in the value podcast, right? It's two sides of the same coin. We want to have some growth and we want good value out of it. All right. I think that's a good place to stop it there. Thanks for tuning in. Feel free to reach out podcast at lvmcapital.com. <laughs>